0: Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Welcome to the Midwest Film News Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Willie. Today we're going to do and reveal, not do, but reveal the results of the summer movie. We, what? we will do reveal. We will do the reveal.
1: We don't know this, Nick. This is kind of cool. I think we've known before. Have n't we found out like 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 maybe but just before recording previously or
0: probably I I might have thrown something in the group text previously too just to to let us know yeah but wow so it's exciting we're gonna go over the results of the summer movie wager we're going to uh, I don't know talk about something maybe or we might just go right into a review of The Martian because I didn't plan anything today we'll
1: see where the where the conversation takes us you know we have a way of
0: sometimes expanding on things sometimes sometimes. But before we get to all that, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can write to us, let us know what you think of the show, the things that we talk about. We're also on uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at MFN Podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and MidwestFilmNerds.com where you can find all 146 plus previous, uh, wow, it's, I feel like it's been a long time, but it's been about a week. Uh, 146 plus bonus episodes and full show notes. With timestamps, so you can skip over the spoilers. Uh, I forgot to mention that we're gonna. No, I said we're gonna review *The Martian*. This is our return back to actual released films, films that have been released in the recent past. Yeah. The recent past meaning like within the last few weeks. Yeah. So, uh, congratulations! I don't. I I, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I yeah. I hope you all enjoyed that that brief kind of. I don't know. Something a little different.
0: Detour that we did? Yeah, detour. Yeah. Thank we'll, you for the words. Uh, well, uh, we may reattend that detour. Uh, John has told me that he's totally down to watch The Crow and talk about it at any point in time. Oh my God, yes. And uh, yeah, but uh, anyway, thank you for listening to Keyframes. If you didn't listen to Keyframes, go back and check it out. It was kind of cool, uh, but we were glad to have you back because we're talking about new movies now. Mm. You left us for a little while. Um, Amazon dot dot com is where you can shop on Amazon dot com and have part of your purchase come to us in the form of a very small percentage of money, and we will use that to make the show and network even better. Um, any other housekeeping? We we're recording a Midwest Game Nerds this weekend. No major topic, just a bunch of news, and we're also going to talk about video game franchises that we wish would come back. So that's I like the plan that. there. Later mm-hmm. this month, we might be talking about until dawn. If I can get John and Brian away from Destiny for it's, ten hours,
1: it just all they need is they just one day to not touch Destiny. I know. They could, actually, they could touch Destiny that day.
0: Uh, yeah, they could. Yeah, briefly. Yeah,
1: and then move on to. Yeah,
0: you know, we'll see. Fun. I I think I think I. I think they'll do it, but we'll see. I don't know. If you get at least one of them, we'll be okay. If you're listening to this and you like game nerds and you want to hear us talk about Until Dawn, please tweet at MGN Podcast. Yeah, Let know them. that we want to that you want to see that you want us to talk about uh, Until Dawn. But we're not here for video games. No, we're not. No. We're here for movies. Yeah. And it's time to go over the results of the 2015 Summer Movie Wager. Oh. Uh, uh, real quick, I will go over the top 10 movies, uh, worldwide box office, op- but ordered by worldwide box office. Number one, no surprise, Jurassic World remains on top with $1.6 billion.
1: Still kind of a surprise to me. It's a surprise <laughs> no, in know, terms it,
0: of yeah. like this summer, but in terms of the last few weeks, it is no, no surprise that it hasn't no. budged. Uh, Avengers is in second place with $1.4 billion. Minions is in third place with $1.1 $1. 1 billion. Inside Out is in fourth place with seven hundred and seventy-four million dollars. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation is number five with six hundred and seventy three million. San Andreas is number six with four hundred and seventy million. Terminator Genesis made a bit of a renaissance. It's number seven with four hundred and forty million dollars. Thanks, China. You're welcome, everybody. It's insane
1: to me that San Andreas beat a Terminator film.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Ant Man's number eight with four hundred and six million, Mad Max Fury Road number nine with three hundred and seventy four million dollars, and finally number ten, Pitch Perfect two, with two hundred eighty five million dollars. Hanging on there, hanging on there. What a weird summer. Yeah, quite a smattering of movies. Um, should I go in reverse order? I suppose. are,
1: Are we? Are we? By reverse, you mean counting down to the the number one? Yeah.
0: Yeah, we should.
1: It's more fun that way.
0: Definitely. All right. 11th place. No. Yeah. 11th place. That's Jan. Jan L. with 32 points. Uh, 10th place. Jenna H. with 42 points. Tied for 9th place, we have three people. And that would be Nancy R., David S., and our very own Willie Gibbs. <laughs> wow. I did great ninth this 9th place, year. 43 uh tied for eighth place we've got two people that's lynn k and alexa s uh what was that eighth yes seventh place we've got aaron l with 48 points tied for sixth place we've got lance our very own lance and megan m with 49 points um fifth place that's me with 51 points
1: is this your highest year In terms of. Mm,
0: uh, I won the first year. You did win year one. Yeah. Yes. Out of six people.
1: You didn't win the film year one. You (laughs) won.
0: (laughs) No, I won the very first year. But after that, uh, I have not won. And I'm kind of glad. Yeah. I didn't want people to think that I was stacking my own deck. Uh, Number four, Mr. Tim Long with 53 points. Number three, for her second time in the top three, Nikki. Ah. The official wife of the Midwest Film Podcast with 54 points. Number two, with 57 points, is one Youp from the Netherlands. And then finally, with 62 points, is Julin A. She made it. She got number one. Uh, I'm glad that there are two people that we don't know in the top three this year. That's awesome. That's fantastic. I don't know how I'm going to get Youp his prize, but we're going to figure something out.
1: We'll make it work.
0: Yeah, so I will try to be in contact with you guys. If you can email feedback at dot Uh Let me know if there's a movie theater near you, near you that you wanted the gift card for, or if you wanted the uh, uh, movie of, I think, first place, I gave the option of a $40 movie up to $40 in an available format, something like that. It could be a collection of movies, whatever. Just start a dialogue with me. We can figure out what's going on. I want to note that our winner, Julin, is the only one that predicted Pitch Perfect 2 spot on. Number 10.
1: That that sealed the deal, I think. There. And
0: our two people who uh, who guessed Jurassic, oh, yeah, Jurassic yeah, World yeah, yeah. Who was it? are in the middle of the list. That's Megan with 49 points and Lynn with 47 points. Still impressive, though. Yeah. I that's very much so. Yeah. So... Those are well, congrats to everyone. Yeah, congrats everybody. Thank you. Thank you for taking part. Absolutely. Uh, look back next year for the next Summer Movie Wager, sometime in April or May if I forget to do it like I did this year probably. Yeah. But, uh, I'm going to beat
1: everyone next year.
0: <laughs> you going to do it? Yeah, come yeah. at me, bros. It's your year, man. That Tim, I think Tim and I were like right next to each other last year. Tim too. won the second year. Tim won the second year. And then. And he was super close. He he was like fourth place last year, and I think I was fifth.
1: Yep. And then Nikki won last year. Nikki won last year.
0: Yep. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Our first non, uh, family video person (laughs) to win our Uh,
1: first year where no someone that hasn't been on this podcast (laughs) now given at the time when nikki won she had not been on the podcast that's true that's true and
0: uh, the second year james won he has not been on the podcast either okay but uh okay yeah fun stuff yes so thank you everybody for taking part and uh we look forward to next year's summer movie wager um i feel like i should have looked up some news
1: well, no, I got a question for you guys.
0: What's the question, Willie? We,
1: we've seen kind of a renaissance of, of astronaut movies yes. lately. Got Gravity, Interstellar, The Martian.
2: Mission to Mars. Well, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Red Planet. Is, Little recent. Rocket <laughs> Man. They're
1: back. You know what I mean? For, there, was a, there was a period there in the 90s where it was like astronaut movies are back in a big way. Yeah. Apollo 13 and... Um, this is the second reference for this movie, I think, in two weeks. Space Cowboys. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, so there were there were some astronaut movies. You guys have any other like kind of weirdly random super duper sub genre types of movies that you want to see come back? Like, what's a trend you want to see reappear
0: oh, in Hollywood? Man, I mean, I like the space thing. I'm glad yeah. we're getting more space. Yeah, I love space.
1: You like? Lo- do you now? Do would you prefer science space or like sci-fi space? Science we understand or, or we don't understand. Uh,
0: I tend to appreciate the Star Trek more than the Star Wars okay. nowadays. Yep. Gotcha. For what it is, the, I got gotcha. you. The, the sci-fi fantasy of Star Wars is can be super entertaining, but I tend to gravitate <laughs> more towards the ones that are. <laughs> you should see the look that Nick just gave. It. <laughs> I tend to like the ones that have a little bit more. They're a little more rooted in in actual science and tend to have something to speak about too. Yeah. Um, more than I more than I do the the fantasy stuff. But man, I don't know. I mean, what other genres do you do we feel like have left that we don't see much of anymore?
1: Uh, I'd. Lo- I mean, I- I'll to throw one out there real quick while you guys are like, yeah. kind of mulling over. I would like to see. This is a bigger genre than astronaut movies, but um, I'd like to see the western make a little bit of a comeback. I think it's tried a few times. I think we've had a couple, you know, mm-hmm. attempts at bringing that. I mean, Django probably being the closest, most recent one in terms yeah. of
0: trying to bring it back. But Hateful Eight coming up, so Hateful Eight it's it's coming just up Quentin soon. Tarantino, yeah. I mean,
1: the he's the only one keeping it alive. I feel like so get it like let's get some more jane got a gun's coming out we'll see yeah. how that works um, is it <laughs> yeah i think it's coming out and i don't know what
0: form what form or condition is but, it a movie still or did it become an audiobook
1: <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know i don't know gavin o'connor reads jane got a gun um
3: <laughs>
1: sorry gavin o'connor i really like you um uh, the western would be cool uh and i'd also like to see um. this is a really random one but uh, people under siege movies I love movies about people like hold up somewhere and they're just completely being bombarded with shit from outside and I love that like they, the classic I think example of that maybe the first that I can think of being the original Night of the Living Dead now I'm not saying I want a zombie movie I'm kind of tired of zombie movies well are they
0: hold up in the studio in airheads? airheads um, technically yes yeah, there you go yeah. second airheads yeah. reference <laughs> in two weeks <laughs> But I like
1: um you know like Assault on Precinct 13 yeah. or um like I said Night of the Living Dead or I'm trying to think a uh, Dog Soldiers or I love movies <laughs> Now where we're there's, talking. <laughs> there's a group of people either um, skilled people or just average joe's where they like they're stuck somewhere and it seems like every time they try to find a way to get out of it something worse happens. I, like I love that. I like the feeling That's of kind claustrophobia of the Martian, a little bit. Yes, it's kind of? yeah. It is. It is. Oilers. Um, <laughs> it is uh, the opposing force in the Martian is is a lot of things. You know, oh, it's a lot yeah. of elements. But um, no, I want to see more of those. I I, I miss those those types of movies. With kind of a cool ensemble cast. You got them all trapped somewhere, and they yell at each other a lot. Like, I will give it to me. Like, I want more yeah. of those movies. So, yeah. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I don't know if I have a particular genre that I can think of that I haven't seen much of as of late
2: i really like the the man against the odds movies kind of like cast away and like the martian also yeah. is, I, li- I like those kind of like, survival stories right like like while watching the martian i kept thinking of hatchet and what an awesome book it is mm. and i don't think it's ever been made into a movie and i don't s- think stories like so. that are so cool yeah and really fun to uh, to to watch protagonists who are intelligent and who make like smart, well thought out decisions because they have to, or they die. And I remember saying uh, a couple of years ago when we reviewed uh world war Z, I really liked the fact that Brad, Ki- Brad Pitt's character was not an idiot. Yeah. And he did things that were like common sense and like smart, simple, simple survival stuff. Yeah. That was cool. And I was like, man, I really like that. And, uh, more movies like that, I think where I can actively root for the protagonist, not only because like, yeah, okay. He's, He's nice and he's affable and he's funny or whatever but because he's an, a smart guy. And I'm like, you know what? You deserve to make it out of the situation. He earns
1: it, you know? Like right, It's, it's yeah. that, that feeling of like, there's a character who earns... The respect of the viewer. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I dig characters like that that are in like horrible situations and somehow find a way to continue to make you smile and keep their own spirits up as, as a character too. And uh, That's interesting.
2: I also like... Um, Two movies that are kind of similar that I think are kind of from the same era, but they happen to star the same person. Uh, kind of like a Witness Witness and The Fugitive are two movies I really love. And they belong mm-hmm. to that kind of like mid-80s to mid-90s thriller era where you had like these, you know, strong-jawed leading men in like weird circumstances. Man that, on the run. Man on the run slash like uh, he's in circumstances that are out of his hands and he's trying to to work his way out of it. Uh, and they can kind of tie into conspiracy. I uh, kind of like uh, like when we had like Enemy of the State, that type of thing. Three Days for the Condor, the Net, right? <laughs> but the like, the, the mid eighties to like the mid nineties seem to do that kind of stuff really well. Like the Firm, the, even Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger, to an extent. Even though that's bigger, uh, we don't. Re- I don't think we really get movies like that that much anymore. No. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know if it's just a
1: product of the time. I think there's I think there's too much of a I mean if you look at um, the Harrison Ford Jack Ryan movies which you were talking about those mm-hmm. are a very that very nineties like like you said Man on the Run kind of against all odds and I think now there's too much of a temptation for studios to turn them into big giant set pieces and you that's know, fine that I think? and I
2: think the the focus the the idea of what is an appealing box office draw leading man has changed it's changed from like the Bruce Willis's and Harrison Fords and you know those type of guys to like you're like younger more like brooding model-esque guys who have small problems and are not interesting to anybody that's kind of what the way it's become
1: and even the style i think of hero and those kinds of movies has changed too like the character like um i'm trying to think of an example but I guess if you look at um, like Harrison Ford in all of his movies, he wasn't doing like kung fu. Like he, when he got in a fist fight, you felt like he could die at any moment right, because yeah. he was usually wasn't as skilled as the guy he was fighting. Well, yeah, and I mean, if
2: Harrison Ford takes his shirt off, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's like a dad. It's, <laughs> it's like, like it's not, like when John Hamm takes his shirt off in <laughs> Mad Men. You're kind of like, oh, he's got yeah, he's got kind of yeah. like he's a dad who could build a garage if you need him to, and right. he'll, he'll but paint he's, it. He's
1: soft. He's not right. he's yeah, not sculpted. And um, <laughs> correct. Correct, and then I think we we're transitioning more into, and I really think this is a post Matrix thing. Guys like Keanu who are very physically fit, uh, sure. very much skilled in at doing their own stunts and their own martial arts, and there's a lot of. It's more. I think we're well. I think John Woo has something to do with it too. We're approaching action from a more stylistic perspective. I think.
2: Well, and I think that there there's sort of a we're kind of because the other genre I was kind of think of is like I I, I like. Uh, Like adventure movies, kind of like the Indiana Jones, Romancing the Stone, Princess Bride, that kind of thing, and they were they were fun, and they they had good action and that. But Michael Douglas, again, same kind of camp. Like he might have been in slightly better shape than Harrison, but same same idea. And I think that Guardians of the Galaxy. And even in, in splashes of Ant-Man here and there kind of had that same vibe. Mm-hmm. And either of those two characters could have popped their shirt off at some point and been like, okay. Like, okay, body, and it still would have worked. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I understand. We got to have Chris Pratt going...
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just <laughs> even Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's right, pretty ripped in Ant-Man. And it,
2: he totally didn't need to be no. at all. That character doesn't need to be, no. like, shredded. It's just kind of like, whatever. But it, it, the, the the tone of those movies is kind of... Heading back in the direction like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Star Lord was not a, you know, jujitsu expert. He just no. like would hit people with his hands and that was it. He's like, okay, job's done. Move along. And Ant Man was kind of the same way. Shit. He was apologizing half the time he was fighting people because yeah. he didn't want to hurt them. And that, that's fun to watch. And like, yeah, the very flourishy action and kung fu and et cetera is always a blast to see in the right vehicle. Like, I'll, I'll I would totally double feature. You know, like the Ant-Man action and then go to the raid too. And they're completely different and they're both awesome for what they are, but they don't, they don't necessarily need to, to cross.
0: Anyway. I was thinking, I thought of my genre that I want to reappear. I want the musical vehicle back. I want the Purple Rains and the Moonwalkers. I want those to happen, but with people I care about. That's, that, the that's the trick. There's like Britney Spears' Crossroads. It's like the last one that's like that, and then everything after that's like concert movies, you know. And and yeah, uh, you know, I don't. And I've never seen The Wall. Well, I don't know mile, how The Wall eight was. Mile. Eight mile, I suppose. Yeah, that's that kind of, I think
1: is the the closest thing to Purple Rain that we've had in probably. Since.
0: Yeah. Well, the risk you run is
2: one in a thousand musicians can act.
1: Yeah. At all. Well, I mean,
0: Prince like, can't Justin act. Justin Timberlake but I learned to love how. that movie.
2: Yeah, but he's playing himself,
0: so it works out. He's playing the kid, Nick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> well, to be fair, M&M I was playing. What is it, B Rabbit or whatever his name is in Eight Mile? It's not I'm not saying
2: Eminem M&M M&M. can act either, but he's playing yeah. himself. He
1: handles himself. Yeah. He's
2: good in like funny games because he has to play. Literally, he's playing himself, but like an, like a Larry David version of himself. It's over the top. Uh, not funny games. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I what's that, what's say that say comedy it. called? Uh, funny, funny people. people. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, I'm like, I'm like thinking, dude. <laughs> I <I'm thinking myself." laughs> Oh, those are
3: very
0: different. Movies. I got, I got
2: like four sentences deep before I was like, wait,
0: double I, feature. I was like, oh, I don't remember Eminem and Funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The fact that you thought that is almost even crazier. <laughs> oh oh god.
2: Oh man. Man. Yeah, and that—that's the, the thing—is like
0: musicians. You're not, you're, you're a musician, which is cool. See, but even if it's not, like, I, I kind of want people to try and put their music into weird, conceited storylines, you know? Like, that's, Moonwalker's not even really a movie, it's just a bunch of music videos together, but there's kind of a through line. And, and Purple Rain is essentially a concert film that has some drama around it. Like, I would love for more people to try to do that thing of like if Muse was in a space opera or something like like I don't I wish more things like that would would happen, but I don't think it would make any money nowadays. And, I think it's really hard yeah. for people to take that sort of thing
1: seriously. Yep, totally, I, we've kind of yeah. evolved beyond that. Yeah, which is too bad because I think there's there's opportunity
2: there for that. It would be a real special musician that could make. That I, guess, I guess the problem is
0: that the the pop superstars of today aren't really the people that i would care to see and it's not even like i was around for prince and it's not even like i cared for prince before a couple years ago
1: and there were a lot of people at the time i'm sure who went oh my god why is this dork making a movie absolutely absolutely
0: so i guess that's really interesting like i guess it almost needs to be crystallized over time into something that it wasn't when it came out
2: i would rather uh vastly rather they do what we talked about in that one segment that Tim came up with, where we talked about films based around a musician's work Yeah, with like real actors. That would be really cool. Yeah. Stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be really interesting, but that's another one. It's like, would that even make any money? No, nobody's going to be like, I'm going to go see this movie because it's based on a Chili Peppers album. Uh, You know, it's, it's weird, but, It'd be sweet if it happened because mm-hmm. there's a lot of potential there, so yeah, okay, well, Willie, thank you for the discussion. Yeah. uh I forgot to play some some uh feedback that I received on my personal phone number. i tried <laughs> to send it to you guys, but uh uh yeah, so here let's let's play this, oh my God, I would text you when I'm driving. thank you for putting fucking jack Blacks version of Let's Get It On. I was gonna be so fucking angry if you guys didn't mention that on the podcast. So uh you can play this on the air next episode if you want, because I literally screamed yes the second you said it. So yeah, that's all. Uh talk to you later. Bye.
2: That just reaffirms my idea that your brother is Jack Black in that movie <laughs> basically 'cause that's that's the exact voicemail Jack Black would have
0: left <laughs> pretty much. No, I, I. You're welcome, John. That's, That's hilarious. I, I knew that that was one as soon as like, and I do. I don't. I don't know if I necessarily knew that before we started the segment, but as we were talking about it, I was like, John would probably kill me if none of us mentioned.
1: And you were correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similarly, so. anyway,
0: Rick would have been disappointed if
2: nobody mentioned the karaoke scene <laughs> from Only <Yeah>. God Forgives. <laughs> John, I could totally see John leading, being the front man for a band called Kathleen Turner Overdrive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that could that could happen i think i think he actually was hired at his job because his bosses thought that he looked like jack black that's
2: funny well if we were to like recreate a, a scene from high fidelity your brother would absolutely be a shoo-in to play that well character. yeah yeah it'd be flawless
0: yeah that's true that's true
1: thanks john yeah thank thanks you. john
0: all right uh i think we should move on to our review of director ridley scott's the martian please let me back out of all this bruce springsteen imdb stuff that i have open right now <laughs> uh then the martian stars matt damon jessica chastain Kristen Wiig, uh kate mara jeff daniels michael pena sean bean sebastian stan Chiwetel Ejiofor, mackenzie davis donald glover and many more people benedict wong absolutely yeah Uh, Such a cast. The IMDb synopsis says, During a manned mission to Mars, astronaut Mark Watney is presumed dead after a fierce storm and left behind by his crew. But Watney has survived and finds himself stranded alone on the hostile planet. With only meager supplies, he must draw upon his ingenuity, wit, and spirit to subsist and find a way to signal to Earth that he's still alive. Um... So this is a movie that's in our fall movie draft. Congratulations, Willie! It's at like a ninety-four, ninety-six, or something right now. That's
1: that's uh, now. Is this our second movie total that we've hit? Yes, we this have some Black Mass.
0: Black Mass. This Steve Jobs is technically out limited this weekend, but in full next week. So reviews so, should start rolling in soon for that. Yeah. So, I think I'm winning right now. <laughs> Technically, you are. Yeah, That's like nice. 20-point lead, I think. Enjoy yeah. it while I can. Yeah. yeah. We'll see.
1: Because Trumbo hasn't hit yet. So. <laughs>
0: I don't think Trumbo is going to flop. No. I think, think
1: I think Creed is your wild card. Yeah. I have faith, man. I've got faith. Anyway. <laughs> yes, it's on my list. I'm happy about it.
0: Yeah. So uh, Ridley Scott, we've covered one Ridley Scott one. no Two. we've
1: covered three previous Ridley Scott releases. oh
0: excuse me yes I was thinking recent releases The but Counselor yes
1: Exodus yes and Black Rain okay all
0: right I couldn't remember if Prometheus was in there or not because that was the same summer that we started we but started post
1: Prometheus yeah. Yep.
0: uh so go back and listen to what we think of Ridley Scott I think we all appreciate him and enjoy him very much many of his movies um but uh, I think as of late, we've been somewhat disappointed in Ridley's films uh, for various reasons. Um, but uh, I'm curious to find out what you guys thought of The Martian. Uh, Willie, what did you think of The Martian?
1: I had a lot riding on this one, I feel like, personally, because I'm, I don't know, I've, I'm always trying to defend Ridley Scott, and it's sad that I feel like I have to try and defend Ridley Scott, um, because he really hasn't been very good lately. Um I'll be honest, I have not seen The con- or the Counselor, so I'm not sure, but I have not heard great things. It will change your mind. <laughs> He's back on um, track well
2: before The Martian. <laughs>
1: but I know I've seen Exodus, and I've seen um, A Good Year. Prometheus. Prometheus. A good Year. And I'm not a fan. Of those movies. But I thought maybe this is the one. Uh, the buzz. The early buzz was pretty good. I think they screened the first half hour of the film.
0: And I feel like this is also almost a breaking point. Like it was almost the time where we were going to. Not that we would never see another really Scott movie. But no. we would stop hoping that they would be good.
1: This. Yes. For me personally I know that that's the case. I was going into this going. All right. Well he's got. A hit book. That he's the script is based on. I think. The, didn't Andy Weir help write the script? I don't know. Drew
0: Goddard wrote the screenplay. He's got
1: Drew Goddard, which I didn't know until recently, but that's another reason. He's got a hell of a cast. I know he can shoot movies. <laughs> so if this one is a mess, I think it's time to say, okay, Ridley's lost it. It is not a mess. It is pretty great, actually. Um, I enjoyed myself through and through with this movie. The cast is great uh the music's great. The visuals are great. Um, it feels like a Ridley Scott movie, which Exodus did not feel like. Mm. It felt like somebody's bad imitation of a Ridley Scott movie. <laughs> this feels like a Ridley Scott movie again, and it's I like that um I feel like for a while there as a director, he was getting so caught up in this like nihilistic like I don't know, his movies, the thing I like about his movies, as I grew up and watched them, was there's always a sense, they can be really dark, I mean, if you look at Blade Runner or Black Rain, or um, even Legend, they're dark movies, but there's always a sense of hope and a sense of, you feel good when you finish the movie, either you feel excited by what the movie showed you, or you just feel good because maybe the, the ending was pleasant and was a nice little bow on it. He finds a way to end his movies that make you walk out going, yeah, what an experience that was. Mm-hmm. And this does that. Um, I won't say how it does it until we get in spoilers, but this one does make you walk out going, wow, that was that was well worth it. Um, I don't think there's much I could say about this negative. That like I don't think there's much negative stuff to say. The end sequences get a little goofy. I will say that they do, and I think we talked a little bit after the after the show, and I think we all agree that they they needed to. I understand it because they need to up the ante towards the end and make things the stakes higher and, and kind of cause have that that set piece that that big set piece that they have to have at the end of the movie. But I feel like it, it doesn't quite some of the stuff that's going on in it doesn't don't it doesn't match up with like kind of the realism and the the believability of most of the movie building up to that point. Yeah. Um. So I can forgive it and I enjoyed the 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 end. Well, I'd say the last twenty minutes or so, but it does get a little hokey in moments there um too many elements at play there but i i i dug this a lot and i think it's a hopefully a return to form for for ridley we'll see i mean he's got some other stuff in the pipeline that may or may not be good but at least at the very least i i will go see the next movie with an open mind and not feel terrified
0: about what i'm about to watch even though it's prometheus too that but it's actually alien paradise lost
1: yeah I wish that wasn't his next movie. <laughs> oh
0: wow. Well. I wish it wasn't.
1: But it is. So
0: More on that later.
1: We'll see. Yeah. But no, I uh this is it's a really cool movie. And it should be honestly, uh Damon. Woo boy, holy shit, is he good in this movie. I've always liked Matt Damon. I have nothing against the guy, but he never was an actor that wowed me and by any means. I felt like he's always kind of had two emotions on screen and he uses them both effectively enough but he really runs the whole range here and does a lot with this character. Yeah, probably the most likable character I've seen in a movie all year. <laughs> I'm fairly certain. Um which is awesome. It's nice to have a hero that I like that doesn't have some sort of well,
0: sp- I guess Gila Point wasn't this year but ugh,
1: ugh. All right, I'm passing it on to somebody else. <laughs> all right, Nick, what
0: did you think of The Martian? <laughs>
1: I love when you guys talk about Gila Point.
2: <laughs> I just always think back when I listened to that episode and Willie said, my brain is on fire. And I just
1: started laughing out loud. The only reason we actually will probably wind up
0: reviewing Kevin Smith's next movie is so we can have a, a return to Gila Point. So that we can oh, see. I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, unless you and Tim are going to make me go see it. No, I'll you're going to go see
1: it because I need to, I need you to agree with me that he sucks. <laughs> I need you to understand what yeah. I understand. could be a special episode.
0: Maybe, yeah a very special episode of the Midwest Film News
1: podcast.
0: That's what Alex be called. learns what uh, the, the truth behind Gila Point. Yeah, I'm going to break you. <laughs> Nick, what did you think of The Martian?
2: I think what you guys should call it, something that has like a point pun in it, like point blank. <laughs> Straight or, to point yes What was the point?
0: Point but counter counter There it
2: is. La point and la counterpoint. Done.
1: Done. Witness Lake Combat. Le combat <laughs>
2: Oh man. Okay. The Martian. Uh, you know what? I want to insert the clip from Dumb and Dumber where he says, Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, and you do something like this, and then there's that beat, and then he says, And totally redeem yourself. Because <laughs> that's how I felt about this movie. But I didn't dislike Exodus. I didn't dislike the Counselor. Uh yeah. I think I think they're both good movies in their own in their own way. A counselor, you know, subjective taste. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Exodus. I didn't think it was nearly as bad as a lot of people made it out to be. I thought it was a solid enough. It was. A, it was a Ridley. It was a Ridley version of Bible. So, you know, whatever. Uh, but this is really good. Uh, I I liked the fact that I felt good about life while I was watching it. That even though it's literally the worst possible circumstances, ever in a movie. Really, <laughs> if you think about it. <laughs> No one has ever been stranded on a planet before. He's yeah. <laughs> literally
1: the only living thing on the entire there, there, planet. There's a lot of
2: really funny things that this movie, a lot of funny uh, observations that Matt Damon's character uh, raises, especially near the end of the movie, about the exact nature of his predicament and what it all means in the grand scheme of things that is so awesome. And I wish it was actually explored a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but the 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 implications of if that were to ever happen or something like that, what what that means and how that guy will go down in history for, you know, for what an incredible situation he was in, mm-hmm. no matter the outcome. It's amazing. And <clears throat> it, it has such a good vibe, though, the whole time. It's really strange because it should be so dark and it should <laughs> be so scary. Yeah. But it's it it does the thing the thing what it does really well is the is a, a i think an integral part to a good like survival tale like that is that you hit that point where you either lay down and die or you say i'll do the other thing and i will fight to the death to try to live and just fight and fight and fight and at that point when you're at when you're at that end and you you have nothing left uh to do except try then you may as well have a little bit of fun with it i guess (laughs) if that's the way your personality is and i'm really glad this character was
0: not some grim faced you
2: know set jaw
0: well it's really weird because i feel like if i think about myself in the situation i would be like like pacing all over the place like speed walking between things being like oh i should do this oh i should do this oh i should do do like just sitting there this like mess of nerves but yet matt damon find like matt damon's character mark watney finds this way to make light of the situation because that's all he can do
2: and i yeah and i think it kind of goes back to that old philosophy of if you can't if you don't laugh you'll cry kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. and i i was watching and thinking would i do that and i i came to terms with the fact immediately i would die Inst- <laughs> instantly i'd be dead but <laughs> immediately I just go. Oh shit! Fuck. All right. <laughs> Whatever. Pull the helmet off. It's done. <laughs> it. Uh, you know. It does. It does a good job of kind of reminding you, though, that these people are are trained for a lot. Of the, they're they're the most intelligent people available, and they're the most. You know. They these these are the qualities that these people have that we do not. Mm-hmm. The the average person, the lay person, we would be bleed we would bleed out and just be in shock and die. But these people have that extra quality that you know first allowed man to you know build a fire in the first place that 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 extra little bit of grit and something in them that we don't have and it's a beautiful thing to the beautiful reminder of the uh the space program and how wonderful it is and you know as much as interstellar was a pseudo love letter to all of that this is a full-blown like
0: yeah just
2: like I'm at a loss for a word that isn't just a completely disgusting sex act. <laughs> so, but it, uh, you know, it just uh, it just think... does a great job of painting a picture of how, how, how much reverence there is for that, yeah. I think. And it's interesting because either, either Ridley really loves that shit or he's just that good of a filmmaker where he's, he, he's like, here's a story I think is interesting. I want to tell it. And that's that. But it, uh, man, this is my most confused, rambling <laughs> summation in a long time. And that's saying something. But it uh, it, it it really impressed me on, on pretty much every scale. When I walked out of it, I couldn't think of anything in it I didn't like. And then Gojo reminded me of something I didn't like. So there was that. Mm. Thanks, Gojo. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he was right, though, because it did bother me. But it, it got swept under by all the good stuff. Um, but the cast is is excellent. The music is good, I guess. Terry Gregson Williams, it's there. It's good. Uh, The the visuals are phenomenal. The landscapes are beautiful. The story is strong. I think there are too many characters, probably. The movie keeps piling them on, and you keep getting introduced to more and more people. And while it did it in a a way that felt good for the story, it was like, here's these guys, this guy, this guy, back to Matt Damon, new guy, new guy, new guy. It it worked, but I started to grow concerned. I was like, how many more people are we going to lump into this thing? fortunately everyone they cast is good enough that it doesn't bother you. No one yeah. feels, you know, left out really with one exception is the one character that bothered me. And I guess I'll talk about it later. Uh, but overall it's, it's excellent. It's definitely one of the best movies I've seen this year. Uh, I had a great, great feeling the whole time. It hooked me right at the beginning, right off the bat. Didn't waste any time, just got right into it. And I was like, Oh shit, we're going right for it. Huh? No, foreplay with this one, Ridley. <laughs> And uh, it just doesn't really let up. It kept me really interested the whole time. I do think the climax is kind of stupid, actually. I kind of hated it. <laughs> but the movie is uh, is so good up to that point anyway. And then the, the, the falling action at the end is, is good enough that I, I still really liked it. Um, there's one other
0: thing I was thinking. <sighs> well, I'll, I suppose it'll come up later. If yeah, chime, chime in when, when you think of it um i completely love this movie there's i don't think there'd be anybody's doubt about it anybody would doubt it if they saw the movie that it would be very much an alex movie um excuse me while i pick up my wiener um i this movie is as nick said smart people doing smart things which is one of my favorite things to watch but also it's kind of, whereas Interstellar is like way more of an extrapolation of like the space program of like to the far extreme limits of what we can kind of imagine as as like a realistic exploration of what NASA could become. Whereas the Martian is kind of something that was apparently largely based on NASA's plans to do a Mars mission in the near future, you know, within our lifetimes. And I really appreciate it for kind of taking that. Like, it it doesn't necessarily feel like this movie's taking place in 2052. It feels like it's taking place in 2015, and I buy it. And I really, really appreciate that. I think some of that's Drew Goddard. I think some of that's Ridley Scott. I think some of that is, uh, is Andy, Andy Weir. Weir. So I love it for that. But, um I can't stress enough, like it, the, the funny thing is there were lots of opportunities for alex's tears in this movie and at a lot of dramatic points which uh, don't get me wrong, those happened too, but there were parts of this movie of just the sheer genius that I was watching was basically bringing like it brought tears to my eyes, like I actually started crying at one point, and I didn't fully understand why I was crying, but I was like. Oh, my God, look at how much work and genius would go into this kind of thing. And I bought it because when I think about it, we put a a, a probe, a little lander, we put the Philae lander on a comet that is like further away than you or I could understand so the idea of people making these intense insane like very very intensive uh calculations in order to survive or in order to um make certain things happen without giving anything away i think is beautiful and and to have it kind of to be able to buy it without thinking oh this is just movie magic like it's not just movie magic. This is it's science magic. Like it's actual. This, these are real science wizards doing their work. It's like Matt Damon at one point in the movie says, "I'm gonna have to science the shit out of this." That's what he That's what's happening in this movie, and I love watching that happen by any means necessary. Like I, I immediately think back to Apollo 13 and just the complications that happen on that mission, and watching that movie when you've got Ed Harris sitting there and the at mission control like being like what the hell do they have in this thing with them and they get this box full of mm-hmm. items trying to figure it out like watching the scenes of them trying to figure out what he has with him and what he can do with those resources and just that whole dynamic of that happening and having happened in our history is fantastic and i think ridley captures that and lets it stand on its own i think in a technical sense this movie's not anything amazing other than it makes me buy the landscapes of jordan as mars i think it i didn't for one second doubt that it wasn't filmed on mars which is awesome but other than that when you look at something like interstellar and its depiction of black holes and And all of the insane technical visual stuff that it did. I don't feel like The Martian went for that. But the logical consistency of it all is beautiful and fantastic and very elegant. And I love it for that. Um, I don't know if there's a whole lot more that I want to say outside of spoilers. But I think it's a movie that everybody should go see. I think it's worth all the praise that's getting heaped on it. And yeah. I don't know. I agree. I remembered one of the things I wanted to say is that the
2: costumes are awesome. Yeah. Because the spacesuits are so cool and they they seem practical and functional and yet futuristic slightly. And they
1: look just neat. So much cooler than the Prometheus costume. Yes. It's really
0: funny the consistency with Interstellar (laughs) in many uh, ways. Yeah. Like casting uh, just and maybe that's part of the discussing with NASA, how things are going to look or what things are Mm -hmm. like looking at those. Maybe that's what that's from. But like the orange and white suits and and just kind of seeing how both visions of where space technology is going to be at that point in time, I think was interesting. But yeah, everything's awesome. The sweet GoPro arm on on mm-hmm. all of like like yeah. all the GoPro stuff everywhere It's like yeah they should be sending like a billion GoPros into space because everything they're gonna capture is gonna be awesome. But uh, I really like spinning out of out of what you
2: said. I liked the fact that the movie basically and this, again this is kind of a trope of uh, survival stories like this, but um, problem solving, just the nature yeah. of solving problems, I think is a thing that it's kind of becoming lost. Like if you asked me right now to do if you handed me a sheet of like 10 long division p- problems, I don't think I could do them. Yeah. If you handed me a list of one long division problem, I don't know if I could do it. And obviously that again, that kind of proficiency in mathematical well, that that proficiency in mathematics, any proficiency in <laughs> in, in mathematics to know your times yes. tables is uh hey, multiplication is always good at. But uh <laughs> You know, that obviously comes with the job, but watching a character who says, okay, I have, it was just, it was fun to watch someone follow like the principles of like solving a scientific problem Mm -hmm. and sitting down and saying, what is the problem? Here are some hypotheses, let's test them out and see if they work. And some of them were conveniently easier for this character than others. Like some problems he's more naturally adept to solve, but some he has to kind of fart around until he maybe finds a solution. And uh, he had a great quote in the movie where he's talking about the nature of problem solving and says, you... When you have a, when you're faced with you know obstacles, like you sit down and and solve the first problem, and then solve the next one, and then solve the next one, and just keep solving problems. That's just the only way to do it.
0: Which my dad said was almost a direct quote from, I think Ed Harris's character in Apollo 13 in right. real life, Jim uh, Lovell, about Apollo 13. Jim Lovell is Tom Hanks' character. Or yeah, God, I, I forgot the remember. name of Ed Harris yeah, though, but.
2: Yeah, it uh, and and that's that's refreshing to see in a movie because I think in a lot of movies now we watch characters either just luck their way out of a situation, which is fun to watch. You know, Indiana Jones doesn't sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and go, "Okay, how do we find my way to this?" Like he just <laughs> he has that that knack and just get a whoop and gets his way out of it, and that's very entertaining in some movies. But I think uh, we don't see enough examples of that in movies of characters that have to put in the time and put in the work. And uh, it's I think it's a nice reminder that that's generally what life is more like. Yeah. If you're in a bad situation, even if it's you know something every day that people deal with, you just have to sit down and start at the beginning and solve the first problem, solve the first step, and just keep moving, keep the momentum until you've got it solved.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's pretty much, and that like m- my love of that kind of thing is probably why I am an engineer and why I kind of took that route is because. The idea of being able to sit down and solve problems by thinking about it and through experimentation and things like that, the movie does a fantastic job of portraying that on screen. And mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily sit down and be like, oh, here's my hypothesis and this is the result. and But you kind of... The scientific method gets explored through what you're presented. And that's awesome. I always like, you know, people learning that way and you kind of you might learn something in this movie which is sweet mm-hmm. but yeah uh we had some people write in uh i asked people uh what they thought of the martian we had jenna on twitter said loved it having read the book i felt damon nailed the character and his humor uh my mom didn't feel the same she felt as though he was a lot funnier in the book but uh you know i've heard all kinds of different maybe things. she's a ben affleck fan <laughs> that's that's possible uh, Jason Kimmel wrote on Facebook, uh, really liked it. Uh, my brother Andy posted a picture of the Matt Damon doll from, uh, Team America with the, it's just a poster that says Matt Damon like 40 times. Yeah. Cause that's a Team America joke. And then my aunt who loves Sean Bean said, I hope Sean makes that alive in this one. So yeah, that's our feedback for the Martian. Uh, I think we'll take a quick break. Move right into some spoilers, uh, unless you guys have any some have any final thoughts.
2: Nope, go see it.
0: Go see the movie.
2: Definitely see it.
0: All right, we'll be right back. Spoiler territory for The Martian. Here we are. Let's start with Sean Bean because that's where we left off. Sean, yeah, Sean Bean lives.
1: He does. We were talking afterwards. <laughs> but he does get fired. Lot, so and <laughs> there were, is that. It's true. His job dies. Yes. Um, <laughs> we were hoping that, uh, that we were hoping, that, like, not hoping, but we, I, I, my thought was, like, he's going to be standing there waiting for the, for the uh, ship to land eventually. <laughs> he's like, guys, over here. And it's just going to land and crush him. And that's the end of the movie. Um, no, seriously, though. He was really cool in this movie. Just um, two things I want to touch upon. Okay. One, the um, rover and the potato garden are like characters in this movie. Yeah. And when the potato garden dies, like dies, is murdered by Mars, <laughs> and then the rover is left behind, I legitimately felt like sad for both those things. I was like, damn, that's it. Like, we, live or die, that's the last time he's going to see, you know. It's, yeah. So that was, it was devastating when the when the uh, hub.
0: Yeah, the hub exploded.
1: Ugh. God,
0: that, I, it, it makes me want. Like every time I see that kind of thing in movies, I'm like, God, we really need to slow down the depressurization. Like, there's yes. a reason why that. This happens is a problem. Super slowly in real life. It's because if something like that happens, it would destroy everything. Get but, on it, NASA. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Future NASA. Secondly, NASA. I,
1: I FASA. <laughs> FASA. We uh, <laughs> don't want to talk about that. No. Um. Anyway, the other thing I want to mention is I think. This movie was so effective for me. And I, Nick kind of touched upon this and how the whole time it's it's really like the situation is so dire. But it's you feel so like not happy the whole time. But just like you don't feel it's depressed. Not, you don't feel believed. down. Optimistic. Yeah, you feel probably. optimistic. And I think that that's such a breath of fresh air. And I think a lot of that has to do with the lead character being... I mean, he... he I don't know. He subverts what I expect from a movie like this nowadays. And that I'm not trying to diss any other movies. I'm not trying to diss similar movies like Gravity or, tra- or um, Interstellar. Nothing like that. I almost said Transcendence. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> I'll diss that movie all fucking day. <laughs> Listen to our review. Also starring Gila Point. What? But this is a character who does not have a ton of baggage. If he does, we don't know about it. There's no love interest in this movie. There's no... I mean, you know he has parents and then he wants to get back to them. That's about it. They're mentioned once. There's no broken man haunted past with a mission that went wrong before that he's got he's to redeem himself for. Good. Get it out of there. Like, I'm totally fine with that in movies. I know that's how most of these movies are. Most, most of the leading men have some sort of like dark history that they have mm-hmm. to overcome. I'm so happy that that's what, that was not part of this story, that nowhere near this, he's just a good dude who's really good at his job, and you're rooting for him because you like him. That's it. I I love that they kept it simple, and I'm sure that has a lot to do with the, the book. But yeah. still, regardless, from a storytelling perspective, especially in this day and age of movies where things tend to be a bit dour, and, and movies don't have happy endings very much anymore, it seems like. And not, not necessarily... Sad endings, but endings that at least leave you going... They don't make you feel good at the at the end. Um,
2: They're happy with conditions. Yeah.
1: You've got to have something negative in it's there. Something bad. Or leave something up in the air. Yeah. You know, the fate of a character or something.
0: I think it's also kind of important, and something that goes along with that, is that there's no point in the movie where you see that weakness in the armor where he finally, like, lets down up until, you know, he's sitting in the... In the uh, the lander at the at the end of the movie like getting ready to go up and that's when he finally starts like losing it a little bit being th- like oh my god i'm so close to to getting off of this planet that i've yep. been on for you know over it, a year yeah it's it's the build to that point is really fantastic like having the the patience to not have him sit down every night and be like, oh, "I don't know if what I'm doing is is working, or if I'm gonna get to like not having all of that doubt is great. It's it's very refreshing. It
2: reminded me so of so. the end of Captain Phillips, where the yes. very 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 end, absolutely he just loses his shit. Yep,
1: yep. I I I dig that because I I think as much as it is him in that scene you were talking about, it's him getting emotional not just because he's leaving, but I think that's the first human voice he's heard it, yeah. since he. Is hers. I don't think he's actually spoken Hmm. with anybody. And I, there's that moment where like he hears her voice and he's very focused and then she keeps talking and he just, he's like done. Like he's like, Oh my God, this is a person that I can interact with outside of typing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that was, it was a very refreshing lead character and a very refreshing um, outcome, I guess. Mm -hmm. So
0: Nick, what did you not like? Donald Glover. Okay. I not a fan. Suspicion. Uh, Why? Oh man, why
2: not? Let me count the uh, ways. Yeah, everything about him I didn't like. His character was the one that I felt seemed really unnecessary, and the biggest like kind of plot device slash Deus ex machina, if we want to say that. Just this character who's literally only function in the movie is to do this, and he shows up when that needs to be done, and then he pretty much exits when that's done. I didn't like Donald Glover in the role. Uh, I thought the character was just kind of a character from the Big Bang Theory that wandered into this movie.
0: Honestly, I felt it was Abed. Yeah, um, kind
2: of. From Community. Which is kind I of just, nothing about it felt natural. None it of almost it. felt
1: like a Michael Bay character.
2: Yeah, it, dude.
1: Yes. I mean, not, not as obnoxious, not he, quite. He like,
2: was shaken out of whatever's left in the Armageddon <laughs> and, and fell into this movie. <laughs> Yeah, no, not, nothing about... I, the movie came to a screeching halt for me when he showed up. I was like, what the... F- what? What Where? What happened? I, I don't know. It was a huge distraction, I thought, and it felt, felt really off.
0: I mean, I... I agree and I disagree. I think a lot of the times, especially in these situations, like I've had things at work where it's like when that first person who's a new set of eyes gets to thinking about the problem and they come up with the solution... That happens in real life, for a reason, because these people get so close to the page that they're like, I can't see everything that's going on. No, oh, that's... And I understand and that,
2: that he he comes from, you know, his job in his field is something they didn't consider. And I understand that. I just think he could have been woven into the plot maybe a little bit better. Agreed. And I think maybe totally just a different different actor or different performance or something may have eased the transition, because I was like, oh boy, here comes kooky kooky guy who sleeps at work and and drinks coffee and falls on the floor and he's got all he's got the answer and he doesn't know jeff daniel's name waka waka i was just like what the? this is stupid I, uh, w- willie nailed it i, I have nothing further to say it's a michael bay character and I didn't, li- it, I didn't like it it wasn't deserving of the the rest of the relative intelligence this movie had with how it handled its characters and uh yeah it wasn't good
1: it didn't mm-hmm. bug me too much, but I totally understand. For whatever reason, it didn't bother me while I was watching it, but I, he's a Michael Bay character. He does, <laughs> he does not belong in this movie. I, yeah, exactly. As and is. He does not I also, belong uh,
2: I didn't like... I guess we could talk about the climax, but...
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I understood. I was like, okay, I could feel the movie was building towards this, and I said, I understand that the ante is going to be upped. The big thing that was... I mean, I guess I can't fault them because it, it, NASA made the right decision. They were like, "No, that's ludicrous. We're not going to re- risk. We're not going to jeopardize five people to save one. We have a plan that's good, and their plan was good. We use the uh, I forgot the name of it, uh, the Chinese program, and we get the supplies to him, and then he lives. He waits it out. He, yeah, exactly. He waits out till the next. Mission. That's the that's the smart the smart way to handle it. Obviously, that may have been a little less fun to watch, but. Uh, although I was thinking that the storm, a really horrible storm was going to come back around at some point and be like the, the main antagonist in the third act, but it didn't happen. And thankfully it didn't cause storms make me really nervous. Um, in real life. So I was kind of like dreading that the especially, whole time.
1: Especially when you can see nothing. Oh,
2: I was so mm-hmm. tense during that storm scene at the beginning. It was freaking me out. Also,
0: factually, one of the biggest inaccuracies about the story and present. In oh, the really? Book. Yeah. I did read that. that there sp- wouldn't be a storm like that on Mars because of the atmosphere. Which but. is too bad because it's
2: cool, but <laughs> really scary. Uh, but the. <sighs> I, I I liked it. I understood like the code of honor amongst the crew. And they're like, let's go back. Let's screw the man. Let's do this. And I was like, and cool. They, yeah,
0: and they felt like it was their responsibility. Yeah, and and, and that
2: was that thing. was cool. I bought into that. I bought into them doing the math and, and people on the ground doing the math uh, and working it out for them. That was all cool. And then just the actual mechanic of the whole thing went into cartoon land. And that's when I stopped feeling tense. I was like, I no longer care if he lives or dies. And I, that's kind of a problem. Because at that point I was like, even if he dies at this point, he had a hell of a run, <laughs> and I wanted him. Up until that point, I was like, I really wanted him to make it, and I even I loved Benedict Wong talking about what they can pull out and all that. I was like, oh, this is cool, this is mm-hmm. funny, and like they were, the atmosphere's thin enough that we can just use this tarp thing, and like I was like, oh, that's all, that's all I really neat. And then it just got like, after seeing Gravity, and how intense and terrifying that situation would be even for really seasoned astronauts the whole third act i was like this is it turned into iron man
0: which is exactly what it what it became yeah it's kind of where the um it's kind of where the smart people doing smart things starts to fall apart in the film Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of very strange decisions being made it's it's
1: too many elements i think too is there's too many like they go over all these variables and it's constantly okay. Well, that's not going to work. Well, we're, now we're off by this. Well, now we're not moving fast enough. It, it's over and over, and it's like, well, what if we do this? Well, what if we do like they need to like pick two or three of those things and stick to it. Like, really, if,
0: space travel doesn't work that way. I know it that felt, it felt like uh, <laughs> yeah. She she should. does not cooperate, as we heard. But, yes.
1: but it's they should there should have been. This is a problem. This is a solution. This is a different problem. This is a solution. Not let's explore the same four. the same two problems. Eighteen different ways. The combination of the puncturing the suit plus her out on the chair was too much pick one of those two things yeah yeah it gets to be too wonky for me yeah because it's like I do not buy that he could possibly direct himself
0: reliably or no
1: or Nor could she it does, does i I let it go because I enjoyed the ride and it wasn't like he was I don't know it could have been more preposterous than it was for sure. But it, it was a little bit like, okay, this is getting kind of silly now. Like, can we wrap this up, please? It did. I was actually straight up laughing out loud in the theater because there were some shots that were just goofy.
2: him. Just He looked like Rocket Man, just flailing around in space, like flying around. And I was like, it looks like someone just let a balloon out and it's just flying around. Uh, Yeah.
1: I don't know. Still a good movie, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It,
2: up until pretty much he leaves the planet, it's f- 10 out of 10. I mean, it's just phenomenal. I wonder, I wonder, well, 9.8 with Donald Glover. I guess this is going to be the
0: thing that's going to make me read the book because I want to know how the third act works. I want to know how that final, it's pretty, it's works. different. Apparently I want to know don't. how different it is and what, what actually happens.
2: Yeah. You're not going to read a
0: book. I'll listen to the my, audio. Book. Okay. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You don't read? I, it's hard for me to read. Have you, heard, you haven't heard about this. Oh man. I feel like I'm an undiagnosed, uh, uh, dyslexic or i have some kind of reading impairment of I, some have, I have i have lent
2: thing. and recommended to alex just a wealth of wonderful stories oh, so in, is yeah. in the written form and he's always just like i can't
0: can't
1: do really? it i didn't know that about you yeah it's very
0: uh, there, uh, there's a reason why i like listen to podcasts and audiobooks more so than read
2: interesting things. really an audiobook is pretty smart <laughs> it's kind of a, almost a more if you don't enjoy the act of reading it's it's a pretty oh, yeah. economical way to hear a story because totally. you can do something else while you're doing it yeah
1: i just feel like i'd pass out trying to listen to one like I have a wonderful story being told to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's something to do in the car, the story. for sure. Yeah, it's a car thing.
0: Yeah, like and like going. I've I've listened to many audiobooks like on on like car rides, and then even sometimes I use. Uh, I will listen to the audiobook as I'm reading like the ebook or something like that to try because that at least gives me a pace to keep driving forward with and it increases comprehension a little bit. But wow. Yeah, so. All right. There you go. Blown. My dark little secret. But, uh, tortured past. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I would, I would like to kind of see how the, how the climax shakes out and, in, uh, and in, in the book compare. Cause, cause, I mean, I didn't have that big of an issue. Like, if there's any ice pack that gets blown in this movie, it's that one. But, um, you know, I think, like you said, the, the the journey is such a great one that it was kind of hard for me to be like, I'm gonna throw it away here. But the juice I, was worth the squeeze. Yeah, yeah. I really liked. Uh, there you go, John.
2: As you, <laughs> that was for him. As you said already, Alex, the uh, the amount of science that's in the movie is is really fun to watch. But I almost wanted a little bit more of the philosophical implications. And this is coming from someone who does not like to hear people drone on and on about philosophical stuff. But I think uh, a little, like I, I really liked some of the things he touched on about like him, him being the only person on the planet, and 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 there was some humor too at some of the the moments, like him saying he's the best botanist on this planet and all yeah. that. It was funny, but I, I he he kind of got into some more serious parts, and I, I can't remember anything else specifically except I remember his uh, log to the captain where he said, talk to my parents and all that. And that whole moment, there are lots of little serious bits just kind of peppered throughout there of him thinking about his position in the universe at this moment and the circumstances he was in. And I almost would have liked a little bit more of that. Maybe like his journal he was keeping was pretty much for either the lulls or a tracking of his progress and what he was doing, which was smart. And I understood if anybody, if he had died and anybody made it back there, they could have followed in detailed process what he did, where he went wrong. Sure. But I kind of wanted to see like a personal log of like, how do you feel? And Chiuatell had that moment where he was talking to Mackenzie Davis, and he was like, "How is he?" And she goes, "Oh, he's doing this." And He goes, "Yeah, but how is he?" Yeah, which is a stupid question because well, let me let me call let me text him or and find like out
0: the, the one the one point of like wondering <laughs> like even the interpretation of his words too when he says, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Right, right about right. the tarp and yeah. they're like, "Is it like, are you fucking kidding me?" Or is it, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah, like wondering like the like even that level of it sure. too. It's great as well uh, just but. some some insight
2: into how how he was coping with this whole thing mentally because i was thinking throughout the movie especially near the end when you see him and he's all screwed up looking, he's a little crazy by the end of the movie i was thinking like how is he gonna be when he gets home like how do you how do you how do you him? go on a date and like what do you do like who are you oh hi i'm so-and-so i'm a manager at whatever oh i'm the guy who was on mars for two damn years <laughs> hi What's well, the worst you, thing in your you, life? <laughs> like I, I and I'm glad the movie didn't linger. I'm glad it kind of got out uh, when it did. But I wanted to know more about the, or at least him talking about what if I make it out of here, what's my life going to be like? You know, what I, I think mean?
0: some of that, like you said, was the whole I need to keep laughing, or or I'll start crying. Sure. Like in the in the sense that if he did sit down and think about it, I feel like he would he would collapse under the weight. Here's of Here's the all. thing, though.
2: I I don't really care if you have the most amazing mental fortitude on the planet earth, but you're going to break down at some point, like on day 90 you're you're going (laughs) to, at some point somewhere in there, you're going to sit down and go. And I wanted to see that. I wanted, I wanted the McConaughey breakdown from interstellar, which I think is one of the most powerful moments I've seen in movies in the last forever. My life. I wanted that level of, Gut punch, because you gotta have it in order to. That's just normal. That's human to have moments like that. To to lose circumstances hit you, yeah. And And that's totally fine. I kind of wanted to see him for a minute, just, just kind of. It's okay to to fall down and then and then pick yourself up again and keep going, instead of just he like oh shit all my potatoes are dead, back to work. (laughs) Like he's not a video game character. He can't just (laughs) keep doing that. Well, he does have the
1: breakdown in the in the rover after that, though. I mean, it's brief, but it is there. It was way too late for me, yeah. though. I
2: wanted something like that earlier. I was like, I don't think anybody... You, you'd have to be a sociopath to make it 500-some days without having a crack in your emotion. And it, I'm, it may have happened in between. You know, they could always say, oh, we didn't show his entire time on Mars. And yeah, that's true. But yeah. show it to me. Show me some drama.
0: I wonder if the book has more of that, too. Probably. Because you would think things are probably a bit more internal. Yeah.
2: But. And, and it just was a thing that... And it it doesn't necessarily, I'm not mad that it wasn't there, but I think it would have enhanced the movie a little bit more. I mean, there's a reason it felt it was so feel good throughout the whole time was because it it kind of got rid of a lot of that stuff. But the scene where he's just sitting there looking at the landscape and then talking about his parents and that, that was really good. Yeah. And I would have liked just another moment like that, maybe a little bit earlier in the movie. It would have, I think, helped give the movie a little bit more oomph. But, you know, small, small potatoes. Yeah.
0: Potatoes.
1: <laughs> um, Tim wanted me to say he liked the movie yes
0: I was going to mention that
1: he's a big fan of the movie couldn't make it tonight but he's a big fan of the movie also a big fan of The Counselor
0: Tim is stuck on Mars um,
1: yep. we left him there
0: Yeah. No, I forget, I, I forget how <laughs> exactly this was a joke he,
3: <laughs> you know it's funny
2: that it's, I'm glad they chose Starman for, uh, yeah, you know, the requisite Bowie yeah. track, but I'm surprised that Life on Mars didn't kick in at any point. I was like, eh, two on the nose, maybe? I mean,
0: then maybe that was like a... I don't know how long you guys stayed in the credits, but maybe... Although, although like,
2: nothing could be more on the nose than Sean Bean looking at the camera, basically during the Elron moment. The, <laughs> he, yeah, they're sitting he, at a table. Yeah, he didn't look at the camera. He had a weird look on his face, though, because my eyes immediately went to him, because I was like, you were there. And he was just kind of sitting
1: there, like, <laughs> <knows>. sm- smiling. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, Tim said, Please tell Ridley Scott that I love the movie and the counselor. That was how he texted it to me. So, good. All right, any final spoilery thoughts?
2: No, go see it this, again. The movie almost just a little bit made me wish, like, oh, maybe Ridley's got enough gas in the tank that he could have just directed Blade Runner 2. Mm. But it's probably for the best. It's the new time. A new day has dawned, yes. as Gojo said with the revelation of McDonald's all-day breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> a new day has dawned. Does that <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. It's going right now. It's
1: like in the news. I can get breakfast at McDonald's. Yeah, it, we could get think. breakfast right now. Yeah, oh, fuck. It
0: was as of like yesterday or the day before, <laughs> yeah. but maybe Monday. I don't know.
1: Um, like a McGriddle.
0: Uh, I don't think you can get a McGriddle. The menu Bullshit. is, is more care. limited. Fuck
2: yeah.
1: McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my McGriddle. <laughs> Any time of the day, I could I could be wrong. I could be no, I
2: know. I could be wrong. I, I know. I know the menu is more limited. Yeah, is uh, it's probably but I think it
0: menu is like the post midnight. No, um, you know what? The McGriddle after midnight. The, yeah. the
2: McGriddle is there, I think, because the most of the nation has that, and in the south they don't. They have the biscuit instead. I prefer the biscuit. They don't have the biscuit here. What us, biscuit? Yeah, us Yankees can't. We don't get the the biscuit sandwich like a sausage biscuit. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Not. All day, oh Oh,
0: okay, Okay. yeah. If there's there's no bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, there is not. Nope, no thanks. Not all day. Goodbye.
1: (laughs) Can't please everyone, right? Fuck McDonald's. Yeah, Yeah. get out of here. They do. They
2: do have the hash browns though, and they do have a bunch of other stuff.
1: Whatever. But everybody knows Burger King's got the best breakfast, though. Just saying. French toast sandwich, give it to me. French toast sticks all day, bitches. The only thing that McDonald's is better is the hash brown. I like the patty, not the little circles. (laughs) Give me the patty. (laughs) <laughs> with the French toast sticks, with the croissant sandwich, <laughs> sausage and cheese. Why and do eggs. we bury
0: this gem in the spoiler area? I the think
2: uh, maybe th- we, we should have a good old fashioned just night of some heavy drinking and the next day drive to a McDonald's and a Burger King and get get the things from each. Taco Bell too. Make it happen.
1: I haven't had Taco I Bell I still breakfast. haven't had Taco Bell breakfast. breakfast. crunch wrap. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Is, Is use that bacon all you Sausage. Sausage. Okay. I'm a sausage guy. I'm a bacon guy. A sausage fest. <laughs> I like them both. <laughs> <laughs> no, the crunch wrap's pretty good because it's got a uh, like crispy hash browns in yeah. the crunch wrap. Well, so
0: so does the
2: yeah. yeah in yeah. theory, that sounds delicious, but I think I would go to the one Taco Bell where my hash browns would be like soggy. They would be like yeah, those little cre- the, the fry guys from McDonald's. They'd be all like shaggy and hanging there. Oh, and We're all on and a hash good. brown, so we put guacamole in the waffle. I'd taco be okay is with that. So
0: guacamole in breakfast is rude. the waffle taco kind of lame. Did they get rid of the waffle taco, or did the waffle <laughs> taco become? Kind of late. Something
1: happened. Waffle Taco may have evolved into its <laughs> Some, final form. Waffle, waffle, waffle Akaba? Yeah. Taco? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Something might have happened to it. It wasn't very good. Um, I got a one of everything from the breakfast. Yeah. Try them all. From Taco uh, Bell? Yeah. Wow. When they first showed up on the scene. New players. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's Burger King. <laughs> now, White Castle's got a breakfast menu now, too. I've heard yeah, it's amazing. Little it's waffle th- sliders. It's, it's
0: all day now, as well.
1: Really? Yeah. I've heard it's really good. I haven't had them yet. I'm thinking about it.
0: It's been a little while. It's not White, White Castle, up there
1: on Coolidge. I'm going to be going Maybe. by that way in a That's, little bit. I
0: just drove past that one today I, and saw the banner that said All Day Breakfast. Drive by it mm. on the way home. There you go. I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow. I'm not this doing breakfast this. discussion. Here are the Midwest Breakfast Nerds podcast. We actually could probably do that. I could I talk about bacon. Breakfast.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think we should just do a podcast about fast food. Let's go review we should, all the nasty We should, we should,
0: we should just... Go to brunch every Saturday and take the Zoom with us.
1: There you go. Yeah, we're gonna review the new Unite the Seven. <laughs> <laughs> but if you ever have a chance, uh, all you fine folks that maybe aren't in Michigan. I don't know if it's just a Michigan thing. The chili cheese omelet. I think it is because Coney dogs are kind of a Michigan thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever have a chance, get a chili cheese omelet. Do it. It's a great decision to make.
0: There's the Midwest. Uh, section maybe of the maybe podcast. if you win
2: the. Uh, the summer movie wager next year. We'll, oh. we'll, we'll buy you breakfast. Yeah,
0: you We'll FedEx you some Oh, uh, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. We'll, we'll
2: find a way to... We'll get a Kickstarter or something. We'll find a, we'll buy airfare for you to fly over to the States. We'll buy him a chili cheese chili omelet. Chili cheese omelet.
0: You know, you know what? The prize is we will buy you a chili cheese omelet, but travel. You have to pay for the travel.
2: You have to... <laughs> well, we can put you up for a night, too, maybe. One of us have, have yeah, a couch. That's true. As long hey, as you a serial killer. Or,
0: convert this podcast room into the bedroom that it we actually... Won't, it's you. like Airbnb. Yeah.
2: You can sleep in front of the green screen that we have yet to Yeah, use. And Batman. And
1: Batman.
0: And the Tron poster.
1: And you can record an episode with
0: and us. And Lizzie will yeah, bite you your hands like she does to me during the podcast. <laughs> so true. Anyway, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Let us know what you think of the show, the things that we talk about. If you've read The Martian and you want to tell us about some of the things that I wondered about the book so I don't have to read it, please write in. Feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. I'm just kidding. I'll probably. I think I own it on Audible. I don't know for sure.
2: But. The only thing I heard that, the only thing I read for sure that's different is that Sebastian Stan is the one who actually seizes him from space instead of Jessica Chastain.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Willie said I could understand the change for those of you that... I can
1: understand know. that
0: change. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Write in and tell us about your favorite breakfasts, fast food or otherwise. Yes, please do that uh, at Mfn Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Find us Vine and Facebook, and we're on Stitcher Radio and iTunes, and MidwestFilmers.com has all of our previous episodes and all that good stuff. Amazon.midwestpodcastnetwork.com. Shop there. Give us money. And uh, next week, no idea what we're reviewing. I think our choices are Sicario, Pan, and... Uh, Pass. And... Uh, Jobs? Steve Jobs? No, that's not going to be here. Mm-hmm. Limited release. There's a third movie, The Walk. Yes, The Walk, <laughs> the Robert Zemeckis vehicle, the one that's making people vomit in the theater.
1: Is it really a vehicle if it's called The Walk? <laughs> oh, oh!
0: I don't know. Maybe the wire that's between the two buildings is the vehicle.
1: Are those real people in the trailer? Or are those his CG creation? No, I'm just kidding.
0: Gordon <laughs> <laughs> Levitt looks a little weird. So yeah,
2: Robert Zemeckis is just. He's playing all the roles now, and just
0: <laughs> yeah. he just gets voice talent. Yeah, <laughs> he does all the mocap. <laughs> yeah, he's actually an incredible body actor. It's just him and Tom Hanks. Yeah,
2: <laughs> palling around.
1: Tom's not- <laughs> what? I
0: don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. If you have an opinion and you've listened this far in the episode. Please let us know <laughs> if you've made it to the end. We'll reward you by seeing the movie you want us to see. Maybe, I don't know. I, I want to Cicari- see. Pan. I've heard
2: Sicario was really awesome.
0: I have too. I have as well. <laughs> also,
2: it's a, basically a preview for uh, Blade Runner Two. Yeah. Visual team.
0: David Roger Dekin.
2: And Deakin.
3: Roger Deakin.
2: Yeah, but it
1: better Ready.
0: actors than Ryan Gosling in it. So This is true. It's George Clooney. Uh, uh, Benicio del Toro.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Benicio.
0: Benicio. Benicio del Toro. Benicio. 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 Del Toro. Pisanato. Belnicio Benicio del Toro. All right, we've been recording for too long. Breakfast is conrad. Emery Brunta just do Univision
1: now. Le Combat uh, <laughs> Le Sicario Sicario Combat <laughs> bye
0: <No>. Alex <laughs> <laughs> hey, i like, go watch a movie <laughs>